0: big warm welcome to you this is the aware parenting podcast with lael stone and marian rose phd we have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life we're exploring all that aware parenting has to offer from many different angles and we are so glad that you're here Hello and a big one, welcome to you. Welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast. This is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And today we're going to be talking about trauma and children and parenting. And Aware Parenting is so equipped to to really, for us to be having this conversation basically, it's it really is... So helpful to really understand things from an aware parenting perspective and and most of all, to help parents be equipped in helping their children, helping our babies even to heal from trauma as well as stress, as well as everyday painful things. And also to know, I think this can be important that we'll talk about too, when when our child may have experienced something that maybe we do need extra outside support from, you know, when when there's a point that we can help our children heal from this and when we actually might need some outside support. So
1: Oh, look, this is a big topic and I I wouldn't say that, I mean, this sounds going to sound so wrong, but I I have a love of talking about trauma. That sounds so (laughs) terrible, doesn't it? But uh, I have a few friends who we often talk about the foundations of trauma and what the body carries and how that manifests. And it's a topic that I've always found incredibly interesting. And I think having to navigate my own trauma and trauma with my children, all those kind of things, it definitely does spike a huge level of interest for me. And, you know, like you, Marion, I've done a lot of research and study and reading all around, you know, a lot of what people talk about trauma and and their takes on it. So there's a lot out there. And, I mean, I, I kind of just even start with, you know, we all have forms of trauma, and if you want to use that word or not, but from the moment we're born or can see actually even before that, I could say, you know, even when we are in utero, especially if, um you know it's a it's a tricky pregnancy if there's a lot of aggression or volatile energy or there's stuff that's going on for the the pregnant mama in in her relationship in herself you know there's a lot of information science around epigenetics and what happens with our genes what what gets switched on what gets switched off what trauma does and that can have an impact in utero as well yes Um, Even before we've actually been born, so I feel like as humans, we all have degrees of trauma or feelings. If you know, trauma is a big word, but we all have it because we're human, because we're in a human body, and and that is life, and we cannot we can't, as much as we would love, shelter our children from any, any form of trauma or, yes. or, or tricky stuff because that is actually the contrast in how we grow and, you know, that we are, what I love about this is that we are also really well equipped to heal yes, from trauma exactly. and that um, we there is always the potential and the possibility for that. So I think that's what I find fascinating about trauma is that, what is traumatic for one person is very different for another, and you know that has a lot to do with our own stories that we carry and and then how we work with that. And I remember I think my first understanding of trauma coming to this work was when I was working in birth a long time ago when I first started working in birth, so maybe like sixteen seventeen years ago wow. and I wanted to really understand what it was for women that made their experiences a positive birth experience. so yep. I come from having a you know, really tricky first birth, which, you know, there was quite a bit of trauma and going on to have a beautiful second healing, uh, beautiful water birth, which is what got me working in birth. And when I first started, I went and interviewed hundreds of women on their birth stories because I was really curious as to what it was for women that made a positive experience. And what was the most fascinating thing was all these stories I heard and what, you know, in one story that for me sounded quite horrific a woman thought that was the best birth ever. Yes. Yet for another birth that for me I was like, oh, that sounds really great, you know, there was one element where the woman felt very traumatised by what had happened and yes. it showed me it's such a beautiful insight into our stories and how we perceive situations are always going to dictate then how we, we react to that situation, whether it becomes trauma or not. And that for me was my first kind of insight into, wow, this is not so much about what happens to us, it's how we... How we make sense of what happens to us, it's how we are supported through what happens, it's how we're supported afterwards. all those kind of things have an impact on how we're perceiving what's happening to our bodies or what's happening to us. so yes. for me it's such a beautiful Uh, learning around particularly in birth particularly around birth trauma and what that looked like for women and then you know years later when I'm a third baby and had a pretty full-on birth trauma experience for her and for me that is what drew me to aware parenting so I do know for some other people too that aware parenting has been the answer to how do I help with trauma and that's definitely how I found it and you know as I've shared in many of these podcasts about our tricky story so you know I it's been something that I've always been really really fascinated by and and I'm sure with you Marion have seen the absolute power of what healing can do for trauma that does not have to be hard it actually can be quite simple yes. and quite beautiful um when things align for us to to tap into that yeah
0: I would love to say for me as well, I, I, you know, we've called it trauma, but I actually don't tend to use the word trauma because it's similar, very similar to how you're saying it. As I see, it, it's like a spectrum that we all experience in life painful experiences to one degree or another. Some are less, some are really severe. Um, and I really want to um, agree with exactly what you said about the, the beauty is that we also come... <laughs> Our beautiful, amazing bodies, nervous systems, psyches, souls, minds ready to actually heal from that. And, you know, that piece that Aware Parenting brings, that babies have that capacity right from birth. And that we also come into the world also with the capacity to help ourselves if we don't have um, people around us to to support us in the processing and the healing of, of trauma or painful experiences at the time that we also come in with these amazing mechanisms that we can use that we all also all have in our culture so i wonder if we might talk a little bit more about those repression and uh, dissociation so for me what i love to see is that we have We have these amazing bodies, nervous systems, minds, feelings, and as human beings, we we come equipped with all of these things. And for me, I think it's having compassion that that we all have feelings Mm. we all have unexpressed feelings Mm. and most of us have also done some healing so it's like rather than there are some people over there that are traumatized and there's some people are not it's like we're all we're all in this together in in the soup with with varieties of experience around these three things the the painful experiences the healing of the painful experiences Mm -hmm. and the ways that we deal with the painful experiences if we haven't healed from them I know that was a little convoluted, but the three, the three things I wanted to share.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful. You know, I found even if we, we start like at the very beginning, even in utero, you know, when I used to work a lot with pregnant women and when they had challenging circumstances or situations going on and they'd be concerned about the baby and I used to just invite mums to say, talk to your baby a lot, tell them that the baby does not need to take on board anything that's going on, that you are going to be responsible for your feelings and, you know, keep in communication with your baby even in utero, sending your baby lots of love, lots of protection if that's what you believe in, and, you know, whatever support they could get to just talk through what it is to move whatever was sitting there, you know, was what was going to help, you know, often a lot, so that the baby didn't carry that forward. But also, I, you know, I used to say, I trust that that even when the baby comes out, you know, there's the capacity for them to heal or for them to shift or move, whatever's going on in that situation. And I think for me it always highlighted too. And if you look into stuff like epigenetics and you look into, um, I can't remember the name of the birth film. I did a, I talked at a launch of it. I can't even remember it now. I'm going to put a post to it. I know Garbo Mate is in it. There's a lot of people, it really is about, in utero it's called. Oh, there we go. Thank you. It's called in utero. <laughs> <laughs> documentary it's worth watching uh yeah. it does talk about again the impacts of generational trauma you know and what happens and what we carry yes. uh, in ourselves and in our bodies and how that can impact um you know our unborn babies and i think when i was learning very much about this you know i often used to get very angry because i'm like why are we not looking after our pregnant women more yes. and yes, you know they are their cells everything they're feeling is impacting this baby and they should be nurtured and loved and we should be taking care of them and I mean I remember being pregnant with my third baby and feeling a lot of outrage that I was like I am growing a child here and yet I still have to cook and i have to come and pick up my kids from school i just felt like where is everybody looking after me because of this big work i'm doing growing a human and i remember feeling just this collective outrage for women everywhere that um we were doing this really important job that was having big impact and we needed to be taken care of more so you know I, i think for any pregnant woman it is a it's huge, you know, being pregnant. And I always look at the, you've got two souls in your body at once. It's huge. It's big work. It's really big work. Amazing. When you're doing stuff like that, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, I think for me, I see that that's where it can start. Sometimes that where that trauma can sometimes happen for babies. But but then of course then we have the birth process, which you know has been known for, for many to um, can be traumatic in certain ways, particularly if there's lots of interventions or there's a lot of fear and all that kind of stuff. And and like we've talked about in some of our other podcasts, I really do trust and believe that you know we can heal from birth, particularly when we've had tricky births that that mums and dads or partners can heal and so can babies when we've got the right circumstances to do it you know to really allow the baby to shift whatever's sitting there so you know i I do absolutely trust that that is possible
0: yeah so wonderful isn't it because you know for me when i i first came across really the understanding that babies are experiencing (laughs) And feeling in utero and I really got into that whole field while I was in um, doing my psychology degree and then PhD I was, I was really reading up on all that stuff and totally amazed by it and then I really got into all understanding the work of people like Grof Stan, Stanislaw Grof who did a lot of amazing work around birth and how our experiences around birth we often have these particular themes that we may then uh, you know re, re kind of um, cycle around throughout our lives and then for me, when I was pregnant with my daughter and I found Aware Parenting and I and I found this missing piece that nobody else had ever said, that babies can heal from birth and from their time in utero, right from birth. It was such an aha moment for me. So I love what we're bringing in is that it's really never too late. It's never too late. Babies can, you know, if, if anyone listening, if you did have a stressful pregnancy, if the birth didn't go to plan... Or, you know, even if your child is not a baby, but it's two or five or seven or 15 or 25 that, you know, our psyches are amazingly, um, uh, you know, we are born to be able to to heal. And, you know, all the work on neuroplasticity nowadays, you know, just we, we are, we come with these mechanisms to heal. So.
1: Yes. Yeah, and that's where I think, you know, Lisa's book The Wear Baby is amazing because it's a beautiful starting place of just if you have had trauma in birth or before that, to use that as a bit of a guide is really powerful. Yes. Yeah, powerful. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think so amazing as well to know that the, the babies come into the world with these mechanisms, but they need us. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of talk nowadays about co-regulation, but, you know, from an aware parenting perspective, that's always been there, that understanding mm-hmm. that, our babies need us to be with them, to support them. And we need to be understanding the healing process and the healing of trauma and the releasing of painful feelings. Mm. Um, you know, they need us. Our babies need us. Our children need us. Our teens mm. need us. They need mm. our support in order to be able to utilize these natural healing mm. mechanisms that we are all born with.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think for anybody who's like just new to aware parenting and you're wondering how does this actually look like for me, when I first started, I mean, I really recommend reading The Aware Baby because it really does give you such beautiful insight. Yes. But I would just take my daughter, when I knew she'd had her needs met and she'd been fed and she was, you know, nappy was changed or whatever, like she was only two months old, I would take her into my room where it was really quiet and I'd just, I'd lay her on my lap and I'd look her in the eyes and I would just say to her, if there's anything you want to tell me about your birth or is there anything that you want to let go of, I'm listening. And that's what I would do. And she would, pretty much every time she'd start crying <laughs> and (laughs) And, you know, she would cry maybe for five or 10 minutes, but sometimes it was much longer. But it was just starting with a space to say, I'm listening to you and I really trust that you're going to move whatever you need to move. And it was a bit of a work in progress, like we did it every day. And then, of course, as I understood more, there was just other normal stresses of being a little baby and she had two older siblings who, you know, used to (laughs) just fling her around everywhere and all sorts of stuff that, you know, they have to process. But it was just for me a daily practice of going, I'm here to listen because I can see what's still sitting within you and that I'm here to hold that space, exactly what you're talking about, for you to move whatever you need to and I just listened to her crying and I would just watch her body and always after she finished she would just be deeply relaxed or she'd fall into a really deep sleep and it was really powerful I felt like it was the deepest level of intimacy I'd I'd ever had with my babies just listening on that deep deep level to them was just so profound it was you know and and that was you know for me that was the beginning of the whole beautiful exquisite journey into then doing that with my kids as they grew but you know, I really encourage anybody who is new to this, and especially if you have a baby to just, you know, really go gently and slowly read the book or there's so many other bits and pieces that Marion offers that you can read up or watch to just get a bit of an understanding about it and then really just feel into how that feels for you when you're doing it.
0: And I think that's the other really important part, you know, whether we're talking about co-regulation or whether we're talking about our loving presence, um, and you know, I, I really remember when I first came across this idea from the work of Almas many years ago as well, is that in order for in order for us to be able to be with somebody's feelings, we need to be able to be with those similar feelings in ourselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the thing is for most of us, most of us in this culture did not get to as we when we we're babies. So for me, all babies have feelings, whether you have if you had the most idyllic Pregnancy, the most exquisite orgasmic birth. Babies still, babies work are still going to have feelings. But it's Mm -hmm. to me the most normal, natural thing to feel. Mm -hmm. Not only the wonder, and the delight, and the joy, and the curiosity, but also, even if we aim to be like some kind of perfect parent, that they're going to feel overwhelmed. They're going to feel confused. Birth is a big experience, even if it's exquisite. Mm. It's a, it's a massive experience to go to move through the birth canal or to be, to be born through cesarean. uh You know, going from being in utero and all the you know the, the, the muted sounds and the, mm. all of that stuff to being out in the world. Yeah. You know, everything's being in there. You know, there's no you know there's no hunger. There's no <laughs> everything's doing all the things amazingly. Mm it's a huge thing to be born. It's a huge thing for the, particularly for the first few months of being a baby, being in the world, even if we're being exquisitely sensitive to, mm. to their needs and protecting them from overwhelm, you know, it's really normal and natural babies are, are real human beings. They have and this is one of my passions. That's one of your passions. I know Lala's, is, is to really bring into this culture, this understanding that they have feelings, they have feelings, they are like us and it is normal and mm. natural for them to have feelings. And so going back to what I was saying is, you know, for us often because we didn't get to have our feelings heard, even if we didn't have traumatic births or whatever the things were that, that most of us didn't get to have our feelings heard. So often we need to have someone who can hear our feelings so that we can sit with our baby and, you know, when they're being held and they've been fed and the, you know, the right temperature and all the things that we can sit there and say, I am right here with you. I'm listening. As you so beautifully said, you know, tell me all about it. <laughs> tell me about your bird. Do you want to, I'm here. I'm here. I'm listening. And to be able to get to that body sense in ourselves and to be able to stay present with the, their feelings is often quite a journey, isn't it? It's nice. quite a journey. Yes. I remember the first time I did that with my daughter and she's nearly 18 and she was three months old, even though I'd read everything about the aware mm-hmm. baby and I read the book a zillion times already even. I was like, yeah, I'm so going to do it. I'm so going to listen to her feelings. And I just, I didn't for the first three months. I was like, no, I'm sure she doesn't have any feelings. You know, I'm doing all this co-sleeping and loads of breastfeeding. It's all wonderful. And we're so happy. We had a great, you know, great birth, all things. And But I wasn't, you know, even though I'd done years of therapy, years of my own crying, it was still to actually sit Mm -hmm. down and say, I'm going to be here and I'm going to listen to your feelings. It was a massive thing. So I really want to acknowledge anybody who is, who is, considering listening to their baby's feelings or toddler or any age or, or has done so. Because I think given the culture that we live in, which does not understand baby's feelings, given what most of us experience, it's an an amazing thing to be even willing to, to feel into this and the possibility of actually feeling, being present with our baby in their big feelings, whilst we Mm. stay present in our own body with our own (laughs) feelings. It's a Mm. mammoth journey
1: isn't it it's huge and I think look as a like we're both of us you know working one one with people in a counselling or therapy perspective like and anybody else who does this work will tell you 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 know you have to be comfortable or you have to have done your own work to be really to be good at it to be able to hold a space in all those aspects because otherwise you know you become really reactive to what someone else is saying and all your yes. own stuff comes up and yes. parenting is the ultimate of that it is yes. calling you to be you know really present with stuff that feels hard and, and I've, so i reiterate everything you said mary you're so right it is really tricky to do it when we've never had an experience of it and that's why some parents can get really angry when their babies cry or they can get really agitated or there's this urgency i have to make it stop or i'm not a very good mum because they're crying or all these different things that often pop up which are usually just an you know an indicator of you know, our own stories of what happened for us when we were young or where we didn't get our needs met or those kind of things. So as we always say, so much gentleness and compassion to how we turn up to do it. And sometimes I say to parents, if you just listen for five minutes and that feels okay, that is beautiful. And then you do whatever you need to do. That's okay. Like yes. you and slowly, it's like exercising a muscle. You have to practice it and and you know you have to have your feelings heard so that you, and you can hold that space for them so it's a gentle learning process and I even think back to you know 12 years ago when I first started listening to Tali I think the quality of how I listened then to what is now is just yes. Yes. But yes. I was just beginning and exactly and beautiful. we just started and, yeah. and you know over the years my kids have really taught me about listening and really the capacity to hold in that way and it's been amazing it's really yeah. been Amazing! My husband and I were just laughing this morning. Our puppy was like we were in bed this morning, and our puppy's like in between us. And my and he's so sweet and beautiful, and he's just the cutest thing. And my husband's stroking him, going, "You are getting the pet the benefit of all those years." <laughs> and I'm like, "He's a dog, honey." <laughs> yeah but look look what he gets he gets and I was laughing at myself thinking it's so right you know it's we, true though isn't it I mean
0: they're still getting that right. quality
1: the yeah. that
0: that capacity of presence animals feel it just the same don't they like,
1: oh, we're parenting our dog yeah um, I just thought that was funny so because it's true, right we just our children grow and I, I think they in at exactly the right time for who yeah. they are Yes. And, um, you know, each child is going to, you know, have the journey they're meant to have. And they, you know, and where we are in our parenting journey is perfect for what they need as well. So, you yes. know, often those, those second, third and fourth children, you know, it's a, often a different relationship because that first child who's brave enough to put up their hand and go, exactly. I'll break
0: yes. <laughs>
1: I'm, up the, I'm up to you guys having no clue what you're doing, but uh, I'm going to be pretty robust. So, um, so let's go. You know, I often, yeah, I think that's quite beautiful. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I think that's the it's so important to know that that they're here really to help us grow and, and learn. And I think that's, you know, we, we did our the podcast on guilt. That's why I'm so passionate about that. If we're if we're gonna try and think that there's such a thing as perfect parenting and we know how to do it right from when we get pregnant or adopt, you know, or you know, who wherever you're coming from, but it's it's not gonna happen. It's just not because it comes through the experience of doing it, isn't yeah. it? I mean, that's just basically how it is. Yeah.
1: Yes, we constantly we're constantly learning. Yeah.
0: Constantly learning. Do you know? What I'd love to share as well. You know, we're talking about babies and trauma, you know, and there's there's plenty of research done as well that shows this. But to really understand, you know, I loved what you said as well at the beginning that uh, that how we respond to the experience is going to differ. So, for example, babies, some some humans are highly sensitive. So highly sensitive babies is also going to experience. Um, their time in utero and their birth experience in a in a in a stronger way. They're going to have more feelings, going to have more intense feelings. They're going to need to express more of those than than a baby who isn't highly sensitive. And you know, the other thing is to really know. And again, there's research shown that you know, babies who have had a more stressful time in utero or a more stressful pregnancy, uh, uh, more stressful birth, tend to um, wake up more at night, for example, to have more sleep in uh, inverted commas, challenges. So, and if we understand aware parenting and we understand, that you know, we've done a podcast on sleep, you know, that what a baby experiences, the amount of stress they experience has, uh, stress is a physiological thing and they can release that through expressing their feelings in our loving arms. And, uh, the extent to which they do that means it tells us how much stress they have in their bodies and how much of those, those feelings they're holding their bodies affects how much they sleep, how calm they feel, how relaxed they feel, how, how they feed, you know, how relaxed they are to actually to be able to feed. So, you know, again, some babies who've had a really a traumatic birth may have a lot of feelings to express and this may be the babies who you know parents are like you know my baby's just crying all the time and I can't seem to stop them whereas other parents might be like well you know it's fine I can always stop my baby from crying but maybe there are times where there, some of those feelings are actually some feelings they're trying to tell us rather than that they're hungry or that they need closeness or that they actually have feelings to tell us so again really understanding that Aware parenting to me has the clearest way of looking at this in terms of exactly what what trauma or what painful things were experienced, how babies will show up, you know, what we can actually literally observe in them, how we can physically, tangibly, practically, emotionally support them in uh, cooperating with their natural healing and relaxation mechanisms and what we will observe in literal, again, tangible ways in terms of their sleep, in terms of how calm they feel in their bodies, how in terms of how much they mold into our bodies, in terms of how much eye contact they make, all of those things. It is as clear as day, isn't it, with aware parenting, all of those things. It's really amazing. And you know, I wish, and I hope, and I trust that aware parenting is going to become more well known because, you know, I think of so many parents out there who whose babies have it, had a hard time and they're looking for something to help. And maybe they're The baby is having digestive problems or just wake up all the time or just crying all the time and they just do not know what to do. And and aware parenting has such a way to help. And it's not, you know, there sometimes can be other things, allergies and other stuff happening. Aware parenting is, you know, it's so helpful for parents, Mm -hmm. isn't it?
1: Mm. and i found in my work too working a lot with babies through birth lens that uh, yes. it's often very clear to see a baby that looked like it had stress and trauma you can yes. see they are quite it's like you can see their nervous system really vibrating yes. and yeah. exactly those things are really hard to soften go to sleep they're often when you hold them they're really stiff which sometimes people yeah will say look how strong my baby is and i'm thinking well oh, that's actually a baby that feels quite stressed as you know there's there's those yes. kind of signs yes and you know i've worked a lot with mums and you know i used to train a lot with osteopaths through what birth looks like and you know so sometimes cranial work can be really good to yes. help be beautiful stem. yeah breastfeeding with digestive issues and i'm a really big fan of cranial work you know um so yeah, me I too big <laughs> yes
0: good. and it also works really well in combination with aware parenting oh, yeah. and yes. and cranial yeah. therapists who are who who are comfortable with crying that will often help happen yeah. within a session yes. won't it absolutely
1: yeah. I, my cousin who's a an nasty and has done a lot of you know work with babies for years and we often would talk about getting the mum to tell the birth story while the baby was having a treatment and yes. and that would often help the baby release whatever was stuck a little bit as the mum spoke and if it was safe you know felt okay for the mum where the baby cried and my cousin would talk about the changes she would feel in the baby as you know they were releasing and moving so that's that's something that really well that beautiful body work which kind of leads me on to too you know even if we look at not just babies but toddlers older children and even as we move into adults you know that when we have trauma our bodies often hold the story of what goes on, you know. There's some really great books out there. The Body Keeps the Score is a really great book around what trauma does to bodies and how that can turn into illness. Yes. There's a lot more work out there, even the work of Bessel van der Kolk, and who does work with yoga and trauma, and you know, and even the polyvagal theory. And there's you know a lot of stuff out there these days if you're wanting to learn more about it yes. around how the body holds on to trauma and and how we're often trying to move it, but we we can't. It, it's very tricky. Yes. we don't have the space or we often need somebody to help us move exactly. that trauma response so you know if you're wondering you know even if you've got little ones like toddlers or stuff you know if your child ha- has got trauma or there's something going on I mean there may have been something that happened you know that's that you know there was might have been a medical incident or something that has actually happened in life that you can see was quite traumatic but often it will present in children Where they feel really agitated all the time. It's like their nervous system is running really, really high, so they can have big, most. Explosive reactions to things, they find it very hard to sleep. Another thing they can sometimes be really aggressive or acting out. So, again, you know, bringing it back to when we're not seeing children in balance or when we're not seeing them, I guess, connected and calm, we can see sometimes the effects of maybe ongoing trauma. So, you know, in an ideal world, a child may have something go on, and we can connect with them, we can help them unpack their feelings either through play and laughing or crying or listening, and then they'll. usually come back to that center whereas I've found in my experience sometimes when there is bigger trauma there it's then it's not as clear-cut that they often move back into that calm sometimes there is a bigger story there that may take a bit longer to unpack when there's been big trauma and and that sometimes is very challenging for parents because that can be a big work in progress and that again as we've talked about before about holding the space for our child you know particularly if you've witnessed your child go through some trauma then there's odds are there's some trauma for you in that as well and that's very tricky and sometimes that is where help outside of ourselves can sometimes be really beneficial as well you know to have somebody hold the space for your child you know obviously Vicky's still there to to help the child unpacks and stuff and that's where body work can be really profound as well so there's many different I think, aspects to it, you know, that I really encourage parents to tune into of what feels right for you or what you feel that your child needs. You know, I I remember in journeying um, with Tali, my youngest, you know, for a good two years or so, I just did a lot of listening at home. And then I saw it and she was having regular cranial osteopathic work, which was amazing. But then we reached a point where she had this developmental kind of She was stuck and I was like, oh, I think she needs some extra help here. And I actually did outsource somebody who did a lot with the brain and and how the brain works and um, through movement and those kind of things. And that shifted something for her, you know, which I felt was really beneficial at the time. So I always say, to you know, trust that there is a lot out there. Again, it has to really align with you that can also be beneficial to help our little ones you know, move trauma and us as well. And, and you know, I mean, as we always talk about, if a child has trauma, really always, again, checking in as the parent or the one holding that space, where that sits for you as well, you know, and what listening you might need first in order to then hold that space for your child. Yeah, so important, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also love to say that the the thing about the part of the way our amazing psyche heals right from birth again is, is anything that reminds us of the original experience will will often be a time where those original feelings bubble up to be heard. So for example, a baby will often, um, at the time they were born, or, or perhaps there was a time that was particularly challenging during the birthing process that we often, if it was in the middle of the night, they will often wake up at that time or, um, and they'll often actually make the same kinds of movements that, that happened in the birth. So if they're in a particular position for a long while, you may find that they, they they get themselves in that position and particularly while they're actually expressing the feelings of the birth. And so it can be amazing when we go in and deep and really understand this to understand the wisdom of the body and that babies know exactly, you know, and so... You know, and that may show up later on. So if, if they didn't quite get to finish it all, and I often think each, each turn of the spiral, they get another opportunity. Maybe when they're two, they suddenly don't want clothes put over their head. Yes. So there's another opportunity. Or if a baby was separated, if your baby was separated from you after birth, you may find... And we've talked about this in our separation anxiety podcast that, that maybe when they're two or three or five and they're undergoing another separation, that whole load of big feelings show up. And we always have these opportunities. So I'd love to share a little bit about um, my experience with my son. So my son uh, had a very quick birth. It was a lovely birth, but it was really, really quick. And what I realized is there was some powerlessness in that for him. So some of, the, some of the things that showed up later, and then when his dad and I separated when he was four, is a whole load of powerlessness showed up for him. So it started showing up in, in hitting and biting. So he'd been really calm and relaxed, as I shared about before. And I really saw that was like the, the, a reminder for him, so powerlessness, so powerlessness can shop, particularly for babies or children, uh, medical interventions, any time where they haven't had uh, choice over their bodies, where they've been, uh, you know, even going to the dentist, those kinds of things can be can be feel they can feel really powerless so those kinds of things can show up in children either going into powerlessness places or going to freeze or repressing those feelings and going very much internal sucking their thumb biting their nails reading a book going on a screen or they may go into power over like the kind of aggression the hitting And those often can stem from earlier experiences around powerlessness, particularly to do with birth or um, any early medical intervention. So it can be really, really helpful to, again, have that lens. If your child is suddenly doing these things, it may be about now and it may be about... You know, school or a new sibling, but it may also have echoes in earlier themes. And I really love seeing that for most of us, we will have these themes going through our lives, and we get these opportunities each new time, don't we? That that anything that we haven't done, at, you know, whatever age we are, anything that we haven't done, and there's often like this, is a, almost like a direct route into the original <laughs> hurt through going through the the later ones I mean I I see smiling and I
1: nodding I'd love to hear what do you you Um, want to say I I mean it's a way you can look at life isn't it the adult because I'm just laughing thinking about I rang you during the week because I had a really (laughs) really challenging meeting this week, and I just felt I was sitting in the meeting and I could feel myself start to close down and in my head I'm like I am feeling like I'm a 15-year-old yes. being told off for not doing my homework at the yes. moment. And I could feel it all sitting there, you know, and I rang you going, oh, my God, I feel like this right now. And it was it was so evident, like, you know, I'm an adult and, and I am smart and intelligent and I do wonderful things in the world, but in that situation I was right back being 15 and feeling really... Um, like I wasn't smart, I wasn't good enough, all that kind of stuff. And I saw it, you know, I rang you and I was like, this is where I am and I needed to have a cry. And then I was like, oh, here's a beautiful opportunity for healing. And and then it moved and it was beautiful, you know, but it was just, it was, it was glorious to have, the insight to go, oh, something's just showing me something else, another piece of what I need to move, right? Now, that was 15-year-old me. So what you are talking about is so rich because for children where feelings are often even closer to the surface, they haven't set up as many barriers yet <laughs> to feeling it like we do yes. um, as adults, that, you know, that will, it's often very clear where it comes up, again, in those powerlessness things or that kind of stuff. And, and so, yes, as you say, when they you know, when they are starting something that feels scary, you know, that can turn off so many things, so many elements. I even found this too with... You know, my daughter is a teenager. You know, she had an incident happen for her when she was in grade four, grade three or grade four at school, and she got shamed by a teacher in front of everyone. And it just—it was really traumatic. And I didn't know about it at the time. And It only turned up a few years later. Yes. When, when she had to really do something again, challenging, and she went right back into "I can't do it," and all of a sudden, all the trauma came up. Then, yes, it was probably because I was ready to be able to hold and hear that for her, and she was ready to clear that part. And so, you yes. know, I. I I see the beauty of timing and I also see the beauty of that when we are aware enough or when we can keep our eyes open and be curious, you know, our children will bring it to us to heal when they're ready as well. And that can, you know, that can be all through the teenage years. And, of course, exactly as I just explained, as an adult, it happens all the time. Whatever age we are,
0: whatever age, (laughs) Every day,
1: you know, whenever we're getting triggered, whenever we're moving into that stuff to have the mindfulness to go oh, there's a bit of my story turning up there. Where am I in this? You know, it's, again, you can see it as it's a, it's a trauma. Or it's just feelings that are there or something that's happened to you where, yes. you know, you, didn't, you know, obviously get your needs met or you weren't able to process how you felt at the time and here it is. And so babies and little ones are exactly the same, exactly the same. And, you know, I yeah. think that's where we're parenting is so rich is that when we have this knowledge and information, it allows us to meet our children with this, awareness and spaciousness to say to them if you have something on board I'm here to help you and I'm going to create the space for you to move it when you're ready exactly
0: so beautiful I, I always really like to see as well that often that to heal trauma or to release painful feelings from past events there's often two things required I tend to think one is the expression of the feeling. So that can be through crying with loving support. That can be through a tantrum with loving support, because that's the expression often of of rage or, you know, if there has been powerlessness and maybe a medical intervention where they couldn't actually get to, to really go into that that fight mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be through laughter and through play. So children will often ask us to play things that they're trying to heal from often before bed or, you know, if they've been to the dentist, they might want to keep playing dentists or, they are constantly invited, they are so wise, and when we really have this lens of understanding, we can cooperate with them, and we can support them in and basically listening to the feelings and releasing the feelings that are literally physiological things you know feelings are physiological things in the body, but also often there's that second piece is that reparative experience, so sometimes it may be you know um, a toddler who had perhaps a cesarean birth and they're wanting to actually redo the experiences often they might be wanting to keep on climbing you know under your under your t-shirt they might be climbing through tunnels all the time and so you know having that lens again is often we can see what babies and children toddlers children teens adults are constantly trying to do we are trying to actually heal from those original experiences through expressing the feelings through being lovingly heard and through having a different experience this time
1: so powerful mm, i love it and, and you know i i don't know if I you know, I tell a lot of stories. I don't know if this one's been shared. But even when children are, or we are in the opportunity where something a bit stressful or traumatic is happening to our child, whether that is something medical or something big has gone on and they move into that fight or flight state and they, you can see that while looking in their eyes or they're really panicked or they're really upset, yes. very tricky to do in those situations. But to be able to still hold a space for them in that moment to be like... I'm safe you know I'm with you. Just let your body do what it needs to do. Yes. So shaking or crying or whatever that is. I remember once actually having to take my daughter to the dentist. She was about four or five at the time, and she had to have something done that wasn't you know was wasn't. It was a little bit painful and it was but she really needed to have it done and you know she started to cry and she was getting really agitated and the dentist is starting to do the you know you just have to do it and I just looked at her like and just stopped and I just said I'm just going to be with you and we're going to work through this until it feels okay and I just I'm with you just cry as much as you want let yes. your do whatever she wanted and it was about 15 minutes and I just said to the dentist can you wait and she was like okay and so then she just she cried and she shook I don't want to I don't want to mommy so she was saying I don't want to mommy you know and she was crying and she was really really you know upset and I just sat with her like I was literally almost on the dentist chair with her cuddling her saying I'm with you and and you can let it out and I know you're scared and all that kind of stuff and she needed to move all of that which she did for about 15 minutes and then She was like, okay, I'm ready now. And then the dentist did it really quite easily and it wasn't a big thing, you know, and it was an amazing experience. I remember at the time of just being able to be present with that fear, those feelings, all those kind of stuff for her to move that i've had that a few times with my kids when they've broken bones and all that kind of stuff when their body starts going to go into shock and they shake and and crying and just being with are just saying i'm with you just let your body do whatever it needs to and the shaking is okay and crying is okay i often used to see that in birth all the time too when a woman would have had a baby and often she would naturally shake and people would say oh you know she's cold or it's adrenaline and i was like I, it's also shock you know yes. the, yep. the body trying to work through this huge thing that it's just done and we don't need to stop it we just need to keep them really you know just be with them you know keeping that space safe so that they can shake and move whatever they need to for their body their nervous system to complete the process of this feels quite scary and for that adrenaline to move through their system so uh, kids you know when your child does hurt themselves or falls off something or I'm a bit of an expert with broken bones in our family. My kids. <laughs> All sorts of broken bones. Um, you know, I'm like, yep, we know the drill. i will just, I will often not move them. I will just be with wherever they are, and just, yeah. you just, I'm with you. And we're just going to sit here for ten minutes, and you just do whatever you need to. And, and yeah. often they will just shake and cry yeah. until the body's moved through something, and then I like, go, okay, well, now let's go get it sorted, or what do we need to do? You yes. know, and it's, um, it's I always so getting Peter Levine. Yes. Peter, yes, Peter Levine. Um, his work, you know, he talks about that too, about, you know, helping move trauma from yes. from physical things, you know, can yes. be really powerful
0: in just so understanding and observing that. So powerful. And, you know, when you were talking about the dentist, they're so like, you know me, so you know I had medical interventions at birth, and then so for me, the dentist was always a re stimulant, and then I had a traumatic dentist experiences as well so you know again to notice if your if your baby or child has had medical interventions or certain things happen to notice those feelings are going to likely to show up uh, in similar occasions, so to know that if they 're having a big reaction, that is amazing because that is their body and their nervous system, and their psyche trying to do what it needs to do. So having that understanding is so helpful, nice. isn't it, I think? Look, I, 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 I mean, the dentist is huge. We could do a podcast <laughs> oh, no. in the dentist. Can go we away. do a podcast? Can you come and be with me when I go to the dentist? When you oh. were sharing that, I was like, I want you to sit with me and hold my hand. I, I'm actually yeah. going to do that. I'm going to go to the dentist. I've got a new one. No. And I'm going to say, can, I'm just, can I pay you to have a few sessions where you don't do anything, and I'm just yes. going to cry, and yeah. have someone come with me? Let so me I'm tell gonna, you, gonna, my...
1: My husband actually did that. He had massive phobia of the dentist. Did he really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Bad. Like wouldn't even walk in the door and would never take our kids to the dentist. And I found this really great dentist who specialised in people who had dental trauma, like as in were scared. And and this dentist was great. And they have their clinic is right next door to a park. And he said, I have often done consults in the park because they can't even right I think I need to come down to Melbourne, <laughs> okay, you come to Melbourne. I'll come with you and hold your hand and so okay, it's a deal. my husband needed <laughs> a lot of dental work done and you know and, and I talked a lot about trauma and, and I will be with you and and so basically we met this guy and you really trusted him and this guy was like this is all on your terms and you call the shots and it's really about he gave him back the power. Yeah he was really right. great and I said to my husband I will be with you the whole time and so you know the day we did go in to do it i just i literally sat beside him held a hand they got him a blanket they put a blanket on him um oh. it that he needed to and i just sat there and said i'm just going to talk you through breathing and you are safe and you know there were times where he said i need to stop and he was shaking and sweating and i just said i'm with you and he worked through the most amazing stuff right it was huge it was so huge i mean the dentist was like you are just you've done amazing to the point where because he would never go he now goes and gets his teeth cleaned on his own what and he's totally fine yeah oh my god Nasty. I need to talk to him and you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, and like that's a real fear for a lot of people because yeah. I, I mean, he had a really horrible, horrible, like being pinned down as a child yes. and he's went allowed in the room like yes. dental experiences like yeah. really yucky stuff. yeah so, i had some things in it yeah. yeah so look you know that turns up you know yes. us as adults and you know and i know we'd love to have taken a tangent into dental
0: trauma. <laughs> i'm sorry that's totally me i did a whole lot on it, and i was so got so comfortable and then i had another unenjoyable thing happen and i oh no i just
1: yeah. start all over again anyway and bringing that back to our kids you know um, <laughs> if you have a dental trauma as a parent you know you, you could probably benefit from doing some attachment play <laughs> getting. Getting, getting the kids to be your dentist and, you know, looking yes. the yourself or you doing that. So playing doctors, yes. dentists, anything, yes. again, where, particularly to do with our body, can be very, very powerful to do. So I've played birth games with my kids lots when they were younger about yeah. them having babies and me having babies again in different ways. And yeah. all that beautiful stuff that we can do with play help shift trauma as well is really really amazing
0: play is so so helpful isn't it the other thing I want to say when you're talking about accidents and physical things is often in families sometimes and I wonder if anyone listening resonates with this That sometimes crying is it is kind of welcomed if a child hurts themselves physically mm-hmm. so sometimes that will show up that children will tend to fall over and then have a big cry Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sometimes can be seen more as more welcome. Sometimes children will fall over and, and you know hurt themselves a little bit, but then have a massive cry because it's like all oh, the other feelings that have just been sitting there ready to come out get to come out. So I used to do similar, yeah. even with little things. I would I would keep going, keep bringing their attention. You know, it's just a little little fall over, you know, oh and draw their attention to it. So cause it's the most wonderful thing, isn't it, to get to heal from it at the time yeah. and anything else that needs to be expressed while it's there. All gets to mm. come out, That's and it. helps the body. I think have more resources to 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 heal because the body's more relaxed. So everything, all the yes. blood flow, and all the things that need yes. to happen to help healing. Yes, it's a really profound thing. Mm. The other thing I've really noticed is the obverse is: is children who do get to have their feelings regularly heard and who haven't had so much trauma will tend to be very, you know, they won't tend to fall over so much. They won't tend to have things. So often falling over can be like, okay, I've got something to process. I'm yes. going gonna, gonna to go and but fall over sense. and hurt myself here because I've actually got some things to heal. Yes, so. I've, see,
1: I've seen that lots with clients as well. Yes, absolutely. I would agree. Yes. And the other thing I was going to say around trauma is, um, you know, if you listen to this and you're thinking, you know what, well, I think my child's got a big Story or feelings or trauma or whatever it is that's going on, yes. and they're not moving it. Yes, um, and how can I help them do it? You know, I again come back to look, you can try sorts of games sometimes, but you have to really watch your child if they're not going to take you know, if they're not into it, they're going to let you know, and you're going to be like that. This is <laughs> their timing, not mine. Yes, and so a, a really powerful thing to do, I think, sometimes is just again remember that children they know what they need to do to heal and they often just need the right environment to do that. And by environment, we need, we mean they need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. So they need to feel it, be it with someone who, you know, whose energy is really safe. Who's like, yes, I can be here with you. And they obviously need somebody who can listen to their feelings, you know, when, when that's happening. So if you I think, listening to this and thinking, you know what, my child is a bit shut down or there there's stuff there that I know they're not moving then I often recommend to parents, okay, work on safety, work on connection and safety so that it feels safe enough for the child then to bring you the feeling. So that's where special time or present time or just play, laughter, connection, not talking about the thing or the trauma that happened, just focus on the beautiful connection of What that yumminess feels like, where you feel really close to them, there's laughter, there's no judgment, there's none of that stuff, just that beautiful connection. That then says to the child, okay, this feels a bit safer for me to bring what I need to. So I often say, too, when a child's not going into those feelings, it's because they've got a bit of a wall up saying, "Hmm, don't know if it's safe enough to bring it here. So what melts the wall is connection and presence and that beautiful laughter and play. And so as we do that, then there becomes more safety in the relationship. And then they'll often bring you what's in their hearts or what's going on for them. So sometimes that takes time. And sometimes it's just about safety and connection for a few days, for a few weeks, for time, until it feels safe enough. And, and again, also being aware that, you know, we've talked about this in our other podcast, in order for children really to have those big releases, they've got to feel that you're able to hold that for them as well, Like which brings us back to what we were saying in the beginning of, you know, making sure that we've got enough listening or we're, you know, doing our work on processing our stuff so we can come back and hold that space for our kids in in the way that they might need. So it is a bit of a work in progress sometimes and sometimes it's just gentle, gentle. And 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 like we talk about this all the time, I, I really believe is I really trust that children know what to do yeah. and I also trust their timing, yes. you know, that when the time is right, they'll go, okay, here's the piece that I've been holding on to. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like at that story I told about my son when he was like 10 in the swimming pool where he finally went, let's work through this stuff that happened when I was born, mum. And I was like, oh, okay, we're doing that now. <laughs> so I think that that's um, really good to just, you know, remember and be compassionate with yourself about that, that timing can happen and often when we have it in our awareness and we're just making sure that we're turning up and being as spacious and present as possible, then they will bring to us, you know, what they need.
0: Yes, that's the most important thing, almost, isn't it? It's like us, us first, our feelings, how how calm and centered we're feeling. That may also be not only listening, but actually, you know, do we actually need to, you know, have a little bit more rest or have you know, do something that we love, so that we're also filling up our cup a little bit, so that we actually feel more resourced to be able to listen. You know, children will babies as well and children will will absolutely wait for us, won't they? They'll just go, We'll we'll wait
1: till you're ready and Mm. and Yeah. And I, I just believe I believe healing Is bigger and stronger and greater than any trauma. Yes, Yes, (laughs) me too. (laughs) I believe that that is possible. I believe, as you said in the beginning, we are humans. We are hardwired for healing. Yes, it's a beautiful brain plasticity that can change those belief systems and patterns and the stories. Like we, you know, I absolutely believe that we can heal. And sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes the right support, the right people around to to make that happen and that can be unique and look different for everybody but i my fundamental belief is no matter what happens yes, yes. happens children humans are incredibly resilient beings when they have somebody to support them to navigate the stuff that was tricky and hard you know I absolutely believe that and if that's just one parent or one person in their life who's safe then that's all they often need to be able to move whatever it is that happened for them and I've seen that in my own family I've seen that with so many beautiful families I've worked with I absolutely believe it's really
0: possible yeah I love that so much and I would love to bring in just because I mentioned at the beginning and we haven't talked much about it that as well as having painful experiences, having the absolute capacity to heal, that we also have these amazing mechanisms that, you know, if, if for example, our babies and children do, but we do as well. Mm-hmm. If we don't have capacity to listen or, you know, we're stressed or whatever the thing is, our babies and children have mechanisms to, to help themselves get through until we are. So those are the repression mechanisms, the things like the, the sucking the thumb, the um the sucking the dummy or pacifier the clutching onto a soft toy the twirling the hair the picking the nose the wanting to be on screens the even dissociation you know these are all ama- muscle tension these are all amazing mechanisms that also we have as human beings to kind of to kind of hold on until we're ready until the relationship's ready until the parent's ready yeah. so and and uh, you know, I when I first studied aware parenting, I used to think those were terrible things. You know, repression mechanisms, terrible, terrible. Now I'm like, love them. I love my own. I really appreciate them, and I think to really value them and to see, you know, what an amazing thing they are that that, that our babies and children can use those until we are ready and they are ready and everyone's resourced enough to actually do the next piece of healing, whether it's at play. Mm-hmm. or laughter or shaking or crying or raging, that, that these mechanisms are in, set in place to, to help us do these in ways that are manageable so that, you know, they don't get flooded, we don't get flooded, that we can do this at our own time, at our own pace. It's just human beings, we are amazing, aren't we? We're just so <laughs> amazing. So, uh,
1: and I, I, I've said to many mums too when they've got more than one child or, you know, and they're like, I can see that that's got they've got something going on but I can't because I've got the baby and I don't know what to do and then they're doing this thing. They're wanting to eat all the time. And, they want, and I just, again, exactly as you say, Marion, it's okay. It is so okay. When the time is right and there is more space, then they'll bring it to you then. So yes. there's no judgment around it because, you know, we are all doing the best job we can and and we are clever exactly to say Amazing. to keep ourselves safe and protect ourselves in whatever way we need to yeah. until there's the opportunity for that to move so yeah I absolutely agree yeah so no yeah no judgment around that all the beautiful mamas there who are juggling babies and oh my olds and six-year-olds <laughs> That's amazing. Challenging. So amazing. <laughs> yes like you know you just have to you are doing an amazing job however that looks and just gentle 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 and there's always space and time for it to move when it's ready so yes being being okay with that Yes love and compassion um, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. So this is a big topic and there's, you know, we'll put some big resources, big resources. We'll put some, resources. <laughs> some really big resources. <laughs> oh, there's some great work and there's some amazing YouTube clips and, you know, yes. there's a lot that you can look and read into around this topic and a lot that people have to offer. And, yeah. you know, so it's, um, you know, we've just kind of touched on it today. So there's so much more in it. And, you know, we really encourage you to, if it is of interest or you feel like you're needing to heal trauma for your little one um, then you know look into obviously you know we recommend reading the baby or you know tears and tantrums and um, you know some good attachment play in in that book there's some great ideas there Um, but you know looking into those resources as a bit of a guide is a great thing to do yeah and
0: I love that to say as well for anyone who's like you know it's already enough to be looking after one or more children and read books as well that you know even just just well our podcast but uh mm. getting an empathy buddy or a listening partner mm. um and just you know letha's books aware parenting does have everything that's required i mean we can go and look at all the other things and it's amazing as well but you know if, if you're like a bit time strapped as well you know just reading the where baby or tears and tantrums mm-hmm. or attachment and play you know it does have so much information in there i really value Aletha's books
1: so. mm. yeah or reaching out for some extra support like we always talk about that of having some sessions yes. to, help listen to how that feels for you and then some ideas for your child can be a really beneficial thing to you. So extra support, always yes to the support. Yes, yes. big yes. So what would you love to do as an offering around this topic?
0: Uh, I would love to invite you. I go back to my usual basics, which is, would you like to, however you're feeling right now, would you like to perhaps put your hand on your heart or your head or your thigh and maybe even just to hear from me or to say to yourself, I'm right here with you I'm right here and I'm listening because sometimes I think it comes back to that really basic uh, support nervous system emotional loving compassion for whatever's happening whatever uh, your baby or child has or hasn't experienced whatever you have experienced sometimes just that simple kind of
1: check-in I love it how, think, about, how about you, Leal? Yeah, I, I just think, you know, I always find this fascinating and curious to perhaps think about your own life where things did feel traumatic or stuff happened. And if you even just go back in your timeline to what did happen and what who was around or whether you actually received what you needed at that time, whether there was the support, whether there was the listening, you know, and perhaps just even being curious of whether that has continued to show up in your life, you know, if that's been something that's been stuck for you as as a parent and um whether the world keeps replaying that for you and um where that sits is maybe something you might need to look into to see you know how to shift or heal that piece. so hopefully everyone's going to contact this dentist now <laughs> I think you might need to share
0: the dentist there as well but for anyone in
1: in Australia who's willing to to fly or travel. Do you know what? That would be a really great business. You could just be a dental support person, right, where you find a dentist who's willing, you know, who's a willing. I know. I have actually been... Yes, Yes. I have actually
0: been thinking of that recently. I mean, maybe I'll hear enough that I'll do that, but it'll be the most amazing thing.
1: There's so many people that have this. That's safety, totally. See, I I would happily come and do that for you at the dentist. I need someone to do that for me on an aeroplane. yes. (laughs) I am, I am not going with be flying, so we've all got our thing, right? The dentist. I fell asleep actually last time I was at the dentist getting my teeth. Oh, seriously. Clean. Well, I was just doing my, my calm breathing, you know, because I've taught yes. breathing exercises for so long. Yes. And I had some relaxation music in, and I was doing my calm breathing, and I actually was asleep. And at the end, I you know, <laughs> finished cleaning your teeth, and I was like, "Oh, I slept like I had a good nap." <laughs> so yeah, but put me on a plane—the mm, opposite of that. <laughs> I love love that we um. (laughs) all have the beautiful pieces of us that bring us yes and and
0: some more than others (laughs) (laughs) because i have the i have the plane as well so there you go (laughs) (laughs) and i love the laughter so if that if that feels helpful it's like really the laughter is such a helpful way to help us release from fear so yes 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 second about that totally yeah let's the go sit up, on a but plane
1: together okay <laughs> we can just laugh that's do you
0: think we'd have enough resources between us
1: to be able to, to both yeah. go into the into the laughter i think
0: we would
1: do you know what i think it is i don't wish we, we were meant to be winding up but Nothing. what i really think it is is that for me whenever i feel scared or something coming up i just need another person that i can tell it to you who doesn't yes. feel is gonna judge me yep. because yeah i hear you and it's okay that's often all we need is yes. someone to say yes. i'm with you and yeah that's that feels really scary i get it you know where you don't feel like you're going to be judged or laughed at all those kind of things so as soon as somebody acknowledges it 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 dissipates a bit of the the panic and anxiety around it Mm. i love that and i love
0: that as a as a as an offer for parents as well because we've talked about this and sometimes it might seem like oh my god i need to do all this massive stuff but sometimes it isn't sometimes it's just saying saying to child i really hear you sweetheart i hear that you feel scared i hear that you feel sad or I hear that you feel overwhelmed I'm right yes. here I'm listening
1: that's it that's often it isn't it it's yeah. so often it. it's just the acknowledgement of not trying to say oh there's nothing to be scared about or oh, don't worry about it it's just like ah oh, you are scared I get why you're scared like that in itself is so powerful just to that acknowledgement yeah I love that it doesn't have to be as beat, doesn't it yeah. so good. All right, well, I think we've just done therapy ourselves I,
0: know. I, know. I mean thinking oh we might not even need to get on a plane we could just meet up and sit in chairs next to each other and put little tables in front we'll pretend we're on the plane and we'll laugh a lot let's do
1: it <laughs> anyway All right, well thank you for being with me we always encourage you to um to rate our podcast or yes. share it and we would love if you want to come visit our facebook page too which is the aware parenting podcast and leave us a review on there you know we would yes. love so many people to be able to have access and listen to this so please share the love and please um continue to send us messages through facebook or instagram if you have a topic that you'd like us to talk about a certain situation with your child or something we haven't discussed yet so yes. we'd love
0: hear from you, mm. thank, you. thank you so much for listening so much love to you yeah.
1: bye thanks for joining us on the aware parenting journey please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the aware parenting podcast you can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.